Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Sunday, September 23. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Jafit de Oliveira. Uh, good start of the week, fresh start and a fresh new day. And so I'm going to pray for us today and uh, begin. So uh, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for a brand new week and for a new passage. I ask God for a blessing on this passage. It's a a transformative text, a challenging text, and difficult passage as well. And God, we ask for your wisdom through this. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I just have to give you a little bit of warning here. We are reading the entire chapter of Romans 9. You are going to feel as if you have been listening to me read your entire life. Like... Nothing Already. ever happened before after you're going to get lost in the reading is what's going to happen. Oh. Just fair warning. It's very, very, very long. I'll try to make it. How? What will I do to make it less painful? It's not painful. It's Maybe a good it won't text. be. It's just long. It's a very okay, provocative I'll get going. text. <laughs> it's subtitled God's Sovereign Choice. I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I wish... For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said, About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, She was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles? As indeed, he says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people, 
and her who is not beloved I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. And as Isaiah predicted, If the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Another subtitle, Israel's Unbelief. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it, that is, a righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law? Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. All right. All right. Good text. Hey, so um, Romans 9 through to 11, which is what we are going to be looking at uh, over the next few weeks through a new sermon series called uh, Privilege. Uh, it's family con- Privilege. Family Privilege, which is considered to be uh, one of the more complex chapters uh, inside the book of Romans. And in fact, a lot of people ignore them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They just kind of like get to chapter 8, which was just absolutely amazing. They love chapter 8, and then they get to chapter 9, and they're like, you know what? Why don't we just jump over to chapter 12? And uh, kind of, It's an interesting chapter. What we just read, there's a lot of quoting from the Old Testament, there is. which is there's interesting. There's a lot of references. It feels like, a, in my field, a lit review. Oh, yeah. Yes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Pulling out the relevant literature. And no, it, it's great. It. There's a lot of stuff inside it. So we're going to unpack it a lot this week, and it'll be good to see what it actually sounds like in other translations as well. Uh, here's a question for today, and I'm going to encourage you to read The Daily Walk, obviously, at boulder.church forward slash daily, uh, or subscribe to it by email so you can get it in your box. In what ways do you have privilege, and in what ways do you have privilege in your church? I like those two questions. Ooh, do you yeah. want to go first, or shall I? Uh, well, I mean, privilege for me, straight away, passport alone. Um, that's a good one. Is yeah. the only one you can think of? Yeah, I mean, guaranteed. Your super cool passport. Male. Oh, there you go. I was hoping you'd recognize that. Uh, uh, good job. <laughs> I saw that that came after passport, though. Thank you. Yeah, just, just saying. I do love my English passport. No, I mean, I think I think that actually, uh, you know, I didn't get to choose. Uh, it is a privilege, though, that I'm born into that, and I do recognize that. Well, that's that. what a privilege is. Yeah. It's something that you didn't Yeah, that you choose. receive. Yes. You receive. Uh, family. Family mm-hmm. privilege, um, being born into a family that you actually have great parents, I mean, siblings, I mean, lots of things that I actually have privilege. And in what ways do you have privilege in your church? Uh, I think for me personally, I just, I have privilege because of the long history that I have in the church, uh, family history, long history, and, and the connections that I have in church with conversations Yeah, I so have. therefore people respect uh-huh. you, your opinion counts for something uh, to yeah. some extent. Yeah, to some extent. Yeah. Uh, okay, mine would be, I mean, I'm white. Obviously, so I have that mm, over mm, you. You don't mm, have that one. Mm, mm, mm. You yeah. have to take a step back. I didn't know back. this was going to be an over, uh, privilege over. Oh, no. <laughs> Who's the most privileged? That, well, yeah, that's to, the question we should have. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, okay, you know, yeah, I just thought I'd just... So, yeah, I'm enough. white. I am also, I have a passport that would be American in this case that is useful in some yeah, cases. Yeah, I'm not going to um, make any... Yeah. I think one of my biggest privileges that I've thought about a lot in recent years is the fact that I graduated without student loans. Mm. thought about that quite a bit, and, you know, that was a good one. So I had parents who made that a priority. Yeah. I grew up in a home where we had stability financially and in other ways. Those were all big privileges. Yeah, um, 
yeah, I think having anyone invest in you emotionally is a kind of privilege that we don't always think about. And having your basic needs cared for, if you don't have to worry about those kinds of things. You know, yeah. I could go to college and not have to worry about how my fees are going to be paid. I know a lot of people don't have that as a privilege at all. Um, and then in the church, I think the first thing that came to my mind when I read this, the privilege that I have in our church is that I'm straight. I'm heterosexual. Oh, yeah. So I think that affords us privilege that yeah, we don't have to fight for our um, right to be there. Our right to be there is oh, just to, kind of... to even be a member. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's assumed that yeah. we are good enough yeah. You know, to be there, which that isn't the case yeah. for people, or even that you and I are still married. Yeah. For instance, if we weren't, that in some places could could make us a lot less welcome than we yeah. are. So it's like, woohoo, yay for us. But it is a kind of privilege that I think you don't necessarily recognize until you start to notice other people who are denied those things. Well, yeah, I mean, there's lot, there are, yeah, there, there's lots, lots inside that, and that actually uh, is pervasive all the way through. So I think that this text actually talks about uh, a struggle that Paul has with people who who have received lots of privileges. Well, the, and not the problem is this. you can start to think that that you've earned those things or that you deserve them in some yes. way, in ways that other people don't. I think yes. it's very easy to think. And, you know, you, you see privileged people all the time talk about how hard they work. And, I mean, the thing is, I don't doubt that they work hard at all. I believe I work hard. Yeah. But I also think a lot of people with less privilege work hard and they don't have the massive um, head start yeah. that you do when you come from a background that gives you a head start. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting because... When you when you finish Romans chapter eight, you Paul's are like in this really high, incredible, fantastic point. You know, nothing can separate us from God's love. It's just like this, just amazing passage. It comes to the end here, and then he just switches out into this chapter nine here, where he suddenly is super low. I'm not lying, he says. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. That's how he opens uh, chapter nine. Well, I guess here. in a way that makes sense to me because he's just said all these really happy things and then what's occurred to him is the all the people who aren't benefiting from this. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I mean, there always is, with any high, there's a corresponding low. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to have to look at this week um, yeah, is what what does it mean? Why, why does he take us from this incredible high point that he took us through this journey from Romans 1 all the way to this pinnacle of chapter 8 and then suddenly say, hey... Let me take you to this reality. So, yeah, and I actually find this a really interesting chapter. There's a lot of good questions in it Yeah, related to justice that, in a way, I don't think Paul totally deals with them because he has his way of just saying, no, of course, everything's fine. But then he brings up lots of things where you think, well, but that certainly does sound like injustice, actually. Um, you yeah. know, it just there's a lot to talk about. There when is you indeed. talk about this chapter forever if there's a lot in it <laughs> i know so i was i was kind of half kidding when i said that it was really long it is long i mean i did feel like i was reading forever but i was interested in what i was reading so i hope i enjoyed it i enjoyed I hope it. That it i mean it's a, it's a great chapter came across as not just completely deadly no no it's a great chapter so lots to think about let me read the question one more time uh in what ways do you have privilege and in what ways do you have privilege in your church uh think about that look after each other live love and we will connect tomorrow Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.